this guy. Yes. Hi, everyone. My name is Natalie Ledwell, and this is The Inspiration Show. Today on the show, I have a very special guest. Uh, he's actually known as the father or one of the fathers of the human potential movement. So it's, a, it's an honor to have him on the show today. But before I introduce my special guest, I just want to remind you that once the show is over, don't forget to click the link below this video so you can download the free ebook version of my best-selling book, Never In Your Wildest Dreams. Now, let me introduce my special guest today, Mr. Stuart Emery. How are you, Stuart? <laughs> I'm really good. I'm very happy to be talking to somebody whose language I speak. Right. And we can, we get, you know, as you can probably hear, Stuart is also from the land down under from Australia. Although you've been here in the US since what the 70s or something, right? Yeah, I got here in 1971, came for a couple of weeks. I'm still here. Right. We, say. <laughs> we, we don't use consonants, as you know, in Australia. I'll, I'll be on good behavior, though. I'll try to use them. All right. <laughs> um, now, like I said before, you know, you are one of the pioneers of the human potential movement here in the US. Um, and for those people who are not familiar with with some of your, can you give, give us a few highlights of, um, you know, what your background is? And then we want to talk about this new book of yours, uh, Who's in Your Room? Uh, so, yeah. So what's a little bit of your background, Stuart? Well, born in Australia, uh, went to Sydney University, ran the university newspaper with a fellow called Bob Hughes who wrote a book called The Fatal Shore. Another fellow called uh, Richard Neville that I started working with a fellow called Johnny Singleton who got to be quite famous in Australia. And I solved the problem of being desperately poor as a child and woke up one morning and now I was kind of one of the men in my field of photographer, cinematography and television commercials. And um, But now that I had a bright orange Porsche Audi show car and money. It didn't make the difference inside I'd hoped for. I still felt like that little poor kid growing up in the Blue Mountains. And then my first wife, who's passed, gave me a book called Think on These Things by K. Rich, uh, J. Krishnamurti. I read the book on a trip to Salon or now Sri Lanka to shoot commercials. Went around the world shooting commercials for Pepsi. Started having all of these uh, altered state experiences, not drug induced for no reason I knew of. And it started to change my life. Then I got involved with a company called Holiday Magic. I had a program called Mind Dynamics. I was going to take Mind Dynamics back to Australia. Met Werner Earhart, did a intensive with his people uh, for him, um, and we found an est at the Sir Francis Drake Hotel in San Francisco in 1971, 72. Yeah. So, so I'm still here after all that time. <laughs> and you know, I didn't know what I was going to do, so I went down to Town Hall Metaphysical Bookstore. No longer there found a book called Aliveness, Health, Wealth, Happiness, and Full Self-Expression, and that became the core idea of us, this idea of aliveness. Mm. That's been a core idea of mine ever since. And then uh, gradually I began to realize that uh, I'd been very careful about who I surrounded myself with as people. And then the idea of a who's in your room happened by accident and we turned it into a book. So it's a very short thing. I've written about eight or nine books. Yeah. And um, I love the story about how this book came about. So can you share that with our viewers? Yeah, so um, a fellow called Alex Mandosian, who some of you may know of, uh, and I were working on a book together called Sundays with Stewie, or Sundays with Stuart, because he'd come over and I'd make him coffee on Sunday mornings. And we were going to pitch it to uh, Bonnie Solo. Alex was late for the meeting, or, and uh, he, he walked in the door, and uh, he said, well, I'm sorry, I'm late, but I got waylaid with a phone call from a fellow called Richard Sapio who has this idea about 
you know, that I'm too busy. He wanted me to go to Necker Island. I'm too busy. He said, well, you're too busy because you've got too many people in your room and you need a doorman. And Alex says, well, what does that all mean? He pulled over, listened, came to us, explained what it was about that. Imagine you live in this room and uh, the room only has one door and it's an in, not an outdoor. Once people come into the room, they can never leave. They're with you forever. And we're always letting people in. So we should do this book called Addicted to Yes. Right. I said, well, I love the idea of the, the room and, and you mentioned briefly a doorman, but I don't like the title Addicted to Yes. It sounds like a, a 12-step process for the promiscuous. <laughs> Yes, it does. <laughs> right. well, which didn't, you know, immediately offend me, but I thought, I, I, I don't think it's mainstream, just saying, you know. So I said, well, what could you call it, they asked. I said, well, you could call it something like, who's in your room? And there we are. The book was born. Well, it wasn't born. The idea started. We got pregnant with the book. It was a long, <laughs> a long while to get the book out of our room into the marketplace, about six right. years. Now, I love this concept because I also, uh, especially since I moved to the US as well, which is around 10 years ago now, was very deliberate about, um, you know, who I mixed with. You know, we joined a mastermind group. People, when I moved to LA, you know, um, the friends and the social network that I set up there are, you know, transformational leaders, people that have a life of meaning. But I was very deliberate about that. So when you're talking about who's in your room, what is the room? Is it our life? Yeah, so of course it's a metaphor that you live by. Mm. So we start with, we say to people, and I'll repeat the core idea, imagine you live in just one room. Your whole life takes place in this room and the room only has one door. Not unusual except this door is very unusual. It's in only, entry, no exit. The result is whoever comes into the room of your life plus whatever they bring with them, is with you in the room of your life for the rest of your life they can never leave now if you knew that would you be more careful about who you let in and before you say hey that can't literally be true a brain scientist will tell you as far as your brain is concerned it's totally true mm. you might think you've gotten people out of your life but they're still in your head right and so now you say well if i accept that and we ask people would you just be willing to live from this moment on, from the point of view that is absolutely true. And then we talk about, well, how do you select the people you let in? What do you do with the people you've already got in there? Some of which you wish weren't. What do you do with your mother-in-law? All those basic things, you know. <laughs> right. So how do we go about choosing the right people to be in our room? Well, we suggest to people that they create a doorman. Now, you can call it a bouncer or a doorman or a bodyguard. I think Dorman's a little more classy, but people say, well, you know, it's sexist. I don't know whether it is or it is, and I'm Australian, so yeah. how would I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, but the idea is the Dorman has a list of qualities mm -hmm. that you require of people who come into the room of your life and that you pick those qualities based upon your own aspirational goals and your own values and aspirational values and you only let people into the room of your life who are resonant with what matters to you, resonant with what you care about, resonant with what your values are and resonant in supporting you becoming the best version of yourself, your authentic self, not your egoic self. Right. 
So, okay, so but would they be different qualities for different areas of our life? Uh, well, yes and no. So I think you break it down, there would be different skill sets for different areas of our life. <clears throat> mm -hmm. But I think you'd still want the same basic qualities. So, for example, for Joni and I, one of our core values is we don't let people into our room who are not kind. Mm. Right. I think simple human kindness goes a long way. And we're a little short on that at the moment in our culture. So that's an important value of ours. Right. And um, then we like people in our room who are up to something. You know, for me, uh, my what it is they love to do and are determined to become really, really good at it, maybe world-class at it, sometimes among the best in the world at it. And I find when you're around people like that, it's a different conversation. I mean, you and I have a lot of fun, and you truly are one of the best people in the world at what you do. And you and I both know that when you're discussing it at that level or having a conversation at that level or just hanging out at that level, it's different. It just feels different. And it's uplifting. And I don't know about you, but I feel most alive. Now, every time I see you, uh, well, you know, I worry that you're so introverted, really. But... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how, how to have a good time. <laughs> right. So you're one of the most alive people I've ever met. And I love that about you. There's lots of things I love about you. I especially love that. Thank you. Yeah. So, all right. So let's say that we recognize someone um, that we don't want in our room. How do we stop them from coming in? So um, you simply don't invite them in. Now, let, let me go through that couple of things. I do tell people to make a distinction between the person and their behavior. Mm. Right. So we all know people, they want to be, uh, they want us to follow them on Facebook. Well, you just don't do that. They send us texts, well, we just don't respond. So if, if we don't pay attention to them, they'll eventually give up. Right. right now, then you get the thing with family people. Well, what do you do with family members? So I have my mother-in-law story. And I actually like my mother-in-law. She's 98, right? Wow. And uh, she's always telling people, well, you should do this, you should do that, you should do the other thing. I say she shoulds on people, and I don't like people to should on me, right? Right. So I told her about the who's in your room and the idea of the doorman. And I said, Doris, I'd love to talk to you, but if you start shooting on me, my doorman will hang up the phone. Right. So I said, we understand. So we talk. Then she calls back a day later and she starts shooting on me. I go, right. And she calls back. She said, you just hang up on me. I said, Doris, I would never hang up on you. I love you. But my doorman hung up on you. And, and she's a smart woman. So at that moment, she got it. Right. It just drew the boundary line. It's really interesting that you can use this mythical virtual intercessor, the doorman, this character you've created, like when you were a little child and you had your best friend who was an imaginary friend yeah. that you talked to, who had your back. Well, the doorman is your grown-up version of that little friend you had when you were a little kid who had your back right. and, and looks out for you. And, and uh, people, I do it with humor and kindness. And an Australian accent, which gives you a lot more leeway. I get rid of, get away with a lot in this culture. Right. right. <laughs> but this sounds like a fantastic way to be able to set up really, um, and I was, I said healthy bound. I was going to say healthy boundaries, but it's not it's even, true. yeah, but not even healthy boundaries. Just, 
just you know um, stable boundaries so Correct. that you know we 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 can because there are some people that have to be in our life like you said if they're family members maybe even co-workers but it's a way for us to go look this is my boundary this is the behavior that i don't i don't buy into this behavior i don't i don't agree with it so i'm going to use my doorman to then be able to remove myself from the conversation Correct. which is love lovely uh, and people kind of get that i i've found if you have a direct and kind conversation with people they get it yeah. so so we have uh, uh gathering of friends 30 40 year old friends i learned years old but they've been friends for 30 or 40 years mm. and this is a very divided time politically in the united states and i still worry that americans take themselves far too seriously but if i even say that i'm going to be in trouble but um we have a we have a doorman has interviewed all of the guests for the night and the Norman said, look, we're going to have this wonderful evening. We're going to celebrate the fact that we've all been married for 30 or 40 years, happily to the same person. Mm. And we love our spouses and we love each other as friends. So we're going to have a celebrity evening of love. And you cannot bring any political discussion to the table. You're going to leave politics at the door. The doorman will ask you to check your coats take your shoes off if it's raining and check all your political opinions and we'll put them in a closet. You can have them when you leave, but you can't have them when you're in our house. Right. That's a good example of how you do that. So you separate the people you love from certain behaviors or topics of discussion that are just off the table at the dinner table. Yeah. So this sounds like how you would deal with someone who's already in your room that you don't really want to be there. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, so um, you just don't, you just enforce the boundaries. So enforce sounds like conflict again and violent again, but it doesn't have to be. You just simply gently remind people. And we have uh, people once said there's two kinds of management, Jewish mother kind of management where you bug people all the time and benign neglect. So I found that benign neglect works well when you want people not active in your room. They're still in your room, but they're simply not active. They're not impacting you. Right. And there's lots of ways you do that. You don't, you don't comment on the Facebook posts. Right. And if they're really persistent, you unfriend them. Right. You you don't respond to a message from them instantly. You start you respond an hour, then a day, then a week, and then you forget about it. Right? <laughs> so eventually, what you don't pay attention to drifts away. And you pay and focus your attention and your energy on the people in your room and the projects in your room that move your life in a positive direction. Yeah. Yeah. And what I love about the book is that it's not some big text. It's just like it's something that's very simple. We could read it in an afternoon, um, but it gives us some really clear um, instructions and how to's on how to set up like healthy relationships in our life. Correct. And it goes through how do you how do you actually determine your values, what really matters to you. Yeah. You may think you know, but you might be surprised to find you don't. Yeah. That sometimes the things that really matter to you are masked from your conscious awareness. And when you unearth that and start to live it, your life changes in a very good way. Uh, we talk practically how to, in detail, get people out of your life, even if they're still in your room, but to stop them being active. Uh, Another thing that I found, we don't talk a lot about in the book, but I'd like to take a moment now, is what I call virtual mentoring. Mm. Because there's not only who's in your room for a live person, but I was sitting with Alice Waters one night, 
And she's one of the great chefs. The French named her in the top 10 in the world at one point, and the French don't like Americans particularly. So this was a huge accomplishment. And she was talking, I said, so who had the most influence over you when you were developing as a chef? And she said, a man I never met who's passed now. She said, but I read his book and spoke to my heart and it stirred my soul. And that was the beginning of my journey. I will forever be grateful for him. So this was a long time ago when there were books and no internet. Mm. But now if you're really discriminatory about your sources, so you learn how to pick really good sources on the internet because we both know there's a lot of rubbish, but it's also great material. You can learn to be good at almost anything if you're willing to apply what you can learn watching world masters at doing something on the internet. Right. So we talk to people about that. And then talk about, well, whose room would you like to be in? You know, if you're going to build a career, then you want a good mentor, and a live one's often very helpful. So what kind of person do you have to be for that live mentor to let you into their room? You've got to get past people's doorman if you keep living this metaphor. Yeah. So you've got to think, well, who do I have to be? Not pretend to be. But what do I actually have to be about? Right. And if you look at the qualities of people who actually you might want to be in their room, who could help you build the life you've dreamt of but are often frightened you'll never have, you think about what qualities do I need to aspire to? That's life-changing. It is. And it sounds like being in integrity and authentic to what is important to you helps you to easily identify the people you want in your room but also gets you into the rooms that will really help to up-level you and change your life. Absolutely. I, I'm a sucker for some shows. I love The Voice. Yeah. <laughs> I love The Voice and television. Joni and I sit on Monday night. When the show's on, we feel like uh, we're in withdrawals, but we love The Voice. And what we love about it is it's really a metaphor for who's in your room right. because each of the coaches turn around, and if you're a contestant, you want to be in one of their rooms. And then what kind of person you have to become to stay in their room and stay in the show. Yeah. So it's a real who's in your room kind of metaphor. And uh, you watch what happens to people's lives when they're meted by the world's best in a category. It's just astonishing because, you know, we watch people in the blinds, right. tryouts, and we watch them in the finals and you can't believe it's the same person. Just what's happened. But they did the work. They chose the right room to be in. They welcomed the coach into their room. The coach welcomed them into the coach's room and they often go on to make history. So I love that as a metaphor. Yeah. I think it, it's it, a lot easier to live a great life than a not great life personally. Right. Well, it's definitely, uh, definitely more fun and uh, it definitely is more rewarding to say the least. So, so, Stuart, if people want to connect with you and they need to get their hands on the book, like where can we send them to do that? Well, so uh, who, <clears throat> who's in your room um, dot online? So it's who's in your room without an apostrophe. And it's not dot com, it's dot online. Right. So it introduces you to the book. If you scroll all the way down, then you'll see other choices. And of course, you can get it on Amazon. You can get everything on Amazon, so you can get it there. Right. 
Awesome. Yeah. Stuart, thank you so much for for joining me today. It is always a pleasure spending time with you and with Joni. Um, and uh, and for those of you that are watching the show, I really encourage you to to go to who's in your room online. It'll actually be uh, on the banner to the side here. We'll have a link underneath the video as well, so you can go directly through the website. Um, and you know, really, if if you're looking at setting you know great boundaries, improving the quality of your relationships and how you can connect with people that can up-level you, this is the book that you want to get your hands on. So, Stuart, thank you so much for joining me. It was wonderful. Have a great time up there. Thanks, Natalie. Thank you. Love now, guys, Bye. I encourage you to share this video. Please share the video. You can do that by clicking the Facebook and the Twitter share buttons on the page. The, the banner and the link below will take you through to Stuart's website. Um, and don't forget, after all that's over, click the link below that so you can download the free ebook version of my book, Never in Your Wildest Dreams. So until next time, remember to live large, choose courageously, and love without limits. We'll see you soon.